What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode number 93 of your favorite political podcast, It's Thinking Logically. I'm joined by our executive producer and the brains behind everything, Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. Joe, what's going on? Loving life, man. Living the dream. A lot of of things to watch in the political news cycle the last few weeks from the Fannie Willis on the stand in Georgia to, um, honestly, sad to say, I think as soon as we signed off, we had the Kansas City shooting last week. As soon as we signed off, it's almost like we're in 2016 again, or 20, I'm sorry, yeah, 2016, we have Spygate revelations from from Obama. Joe Biden can't walk up the steps. They got to put a Secret Service agent there. We're going to get into all this and more, but what a what a week it's been since the last time we recorded yeah, like you said, uh, I think the title of our last episode was like when decades happen in weeks and weeks happen in decades or something like that, something along those lines. But yeah, it's been, um, we're seeing things start to pick up a little bit. We have the South Carolina primary uh, this coming Saturday. Nikki Haley made a big speech the other day saying she was not dropping out of the race, but what kind of message does that send when she's going to lose South Carolina by probably 25 to 30 points? What is her true role in this whole thing? So we have that coming up. Super Tuesdays, a few weeks away. Uh, Donald Trump had a had a town hall meeting last night with Laura Ingram. Joe, he, you know things are, are are picking up for him. You know we saw his guilty verdict. We're, we're going to talk about that. Um, he, he just seems like he you know, he can't help himself. Still, you know we're we're at the point. You know he he made this quote about you know NATO and I. I'm sure it probably didn't come out the way he wanted it to about, you know, European countries need to pay their fair share or Putin could do whatever the hell he wants. And now you're seeing this quote being taken and plastered everywhere, all over the Internet. I mean, we're seeing Joe Biden give speeches about it. Hillary Clinton's talked about it. This is not a good look for Trump. And they're going to use everything they can to confuse independent voters that might be voting for him what's your take on on this quote i mean i'm sure it didn't come out the way he wanted it to maybe it did and he's baiting the media to to tackle it because if you think the name of the show you think about it logically what has putin been doing for the past two years running wild what is nato doing who's giving the ukraine who's not even a member of nato but wants to be a member of nato who's giving him all the weapons and money it's us so no wonder if Germany's afraid that 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 Russia is is gonna invade or Poland is gonna invade Russia's gonna invade Poland, if these countries in NATO are afraid, then then stop buying oil off Russia. Stop doing trade with 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 Russia. I I don't understand here what Trump said that was so wrong. He didn't tell Vladimir Putin, "Hey, when I'm president, you'll have a green light," which is kind of what Putin had when Biden became president. It's just all this stuff happened under another president's watch. And it's amazing how the news media is able to shift blame for what a former president says about the situation. I agree. You should make them pay more. That sh- they should be put on notice. What is this? Is this, an, uh, is this a NATO alliance or, or, or these countries protectorates? There's a difference. Look, if you don't know the vocabulary, look it up. Right. And I explain it like that. Does it not make more sense? Like, they're going to jump all over because they've been doing it for eight years. It does. But, you know, like like Dan Bongino says, 
campaigns are about sound, sound bites and snapshots. And that's a, not a good sound bite for the Trump campaign to have. And again, all, all it's going to do is just sow confusion and then the left will use this against them. So uh, it's just not a good look in my opinion. And, and people aren't going to think like what you just said. They're not, it's not going to get to that far. You know, all they're going to hear is, Oh, you know, Trump and Trump's best friends with Putin and he's going to let Putin do whatever he wants to in Europe. Just saw Europe slap more sanctions. I think this is like the 13th round of sanctions on Russia. I think today, um, after the death of Alexei Navalny. Joe, I have questions about that. What, where, why would Vladimir Putin want Alexei Navalny dead? What, I, I, there's something off here with this whole thing to me. Um, I, I just don't understand why he would want him dead. He was in a penal colony in the Arctic. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense why he would want him dead right now. Um, maybe I'm way off base here, but it just doesn't seem like that's something that would have been a priority to him. Did something go wrong up there? Was somehow the CIA involved? That would have been an extremely uh, clandestine operation. Joe, what's your take on Navalny's death? The The timing is amazing. And then Biden comes out after the death and claims that they need more money for Ukraine because of this, or else it's going to continue to happen. None of it makes any sense from him dying. And why our news media, why he's such a darling of our news media, whenever um, we had a, we we had the same thing happen in Ukraine with an American journalist. Ah, geez. What was his name? Gonzalo Lira. Lira. Yes. Google it. It'll be hard to find anything about it. He was killed. I believe he was in in prison. And did he die in prison? Yes. I believe he died in a Ukrainian prison. Um, in his crime arc, criticizing the Zelensky and Biden governments. So how is this any different? And again, uh, the guy in Russia wasn't an American. He was a Russian. This guy, Gonzalo Lira, he's he's a citizen of the United States. I think he's a citizen of of somewhere in South America too. Maybe. Chile or, or Argentina, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But he's an American citizen. And have you heard any of this in the news? A Russian got more time. We don't know anything about how he died, if he was killed. Why Why on earth Putin would want him dead now? It's it's detrimental. It's, 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 it's not beneficial for him to be dead. He was no threat to Putin. Again, you could make the same argument, I guess, about this Gonzalo Lira guy. But he's an American. Shouldn't we care about him? Doesn't he deserve a little bit of time in the American news cycle on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News? I I don't really watch any of them. Maybe he was on Fox News reported, but I didn't see anything on CNN and MSNBC. Mark? No. No, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The timing of it, you know, is just very strange. Um, And, you know, this whole thing with this whole this whole aid package that they have the Senate approved 90 billion or 95 billion with. 60 of which is going to Ukraine, 12 was, is going to Israel, no questions asked. Um, that's a whole different issue. But they made it out to seem like if we didn't approve, the House didn't approve this aid package to Ukraine immediately, that they were going to lose the city of Abdika, which Russia did take the other day. It was like, we need to pass this aid package so we can get these weapons into, into the hands of these soldiers in Abdika. Like it's automatic. 
Like we need to pass this aid package and, you know, 12 hours later, we're going to have all these weapons and shells over in the hands of these 45-year-old Ukrainian soldiers that are trying to hold the city of Abdiko, which, like I said, Russia did take. And it's like they make it out to be like it's so urgent. We're talking about things that are probably at least a year down the road with this aid package. They need to manufacture. They can't keep up with the manufacturing of the Russians. They can't. We're talking about things that are probably, like I said, a year away, 18 months away. Russia is producing way more shells and artillery than our military industrial complex can and people in Ukraine can. So, I mean, this is this is not looking good for the Ukrainians. I read the other day, Joe, this front of um, in Ukraine is about 600 miles long. The average age of a Ukrainian soldier is like mid-40s. You are talking about hundreds of thousands of adult men who have left the country, hundreds of thousands of adult men who have been killed in this war. They're running out of, I mean, you're talking about an entire generation, entire country, whose the men are getting wiped out. I mean, the writing is on the wall here. And the only way to stop this is if, and it's not going to happen, but is if the Biden administration and, and people start calling for a ceasefire or, an, or, a, or a truce or a peace agreement, something like that. I mean, what's next, Joe? I mean, is, do you think Putin is actually going to keep going further into Ukraine along this front? Or do you think, you know, eventually they're going to say, OK, you know, we've, we've got this. If he does that, he's playing into the, into the narrative that he's going to go into Poland and, and Germany. So I, I don't think he'll do I don't think he'll do that. But like to go back about the average age being 45, if, if you're a student of history, Germany, World War Two, the, the last like weeks and days, the Volkstrom, I think it was called. It was an old force made up of men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even some mm-hmm. World, World War One veterans. And they were instructed with defending berlin against the russian onslaught and for those of you that don't know it didn't go very well for them so uh i just thought this whole ukraine thing is just it's it's it 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 blows my mind especially when you hear reports that ukraine was given an out by putin numerous times and the reason they couldn't accept it is because the west didn't want them to whether it be boris johnson the biden administration take your pick but aren't they kind of responsible too for the hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of Ukrainians that are going to be killed or forever maimed now after this? They don't care. No, they don't care. You know, that, and, and, you, and you hit the nail on the head. They, as in our, the top levels of our government, the deep state, the military industrial complex, they don't care. They don't care who dies. They don't care about the economy. They don't care about inflation. They don't care about anything. The only thing they care about, Joe, is what? Making themselves wealthy, you know, enriching themselves and their families and their cronies. Staying they, a class they don't or, care about they anything. Like two classes above us. Staying two or three classes above us serfs. You have to. Yeah. yeah. So keep that in mind as we go through this. Um, all right, let's move on to the court, the courtroom. Uh, as we should call it, Fonnie Willis in this. Is it Fonnie or Fanny? I think it's Fonnie, but I, I say Fanny because I think of like your big fat Fanny, yeah, kill the Fanny, all those kind of things. Back that Fanny up. Uh, 
We witnessed some testimony last week from her uh, in this whole ordeal going down in Georgia. And I, you talk about some amazing video and audio clips that came that were on X. I mean, this was a horrible look for this whole ordeal regarding Trump down in Georgia. Uh, Joe, just explain to our listeners what what we witnessed last week. I I, I actually I can't explain what I saw and heard. In fact. You really need to, we, we we can't play all the clips because for four hours of testimony between Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis, all four hours, I've never seen a testimony where all four hours was clip worthy. Uh, someone, someone had to, this is the only explanation I come up with in my brain. Someone had to call her before the night before the morning of and told her to make that big of an ass out of herself. I'm serious. Maybe someone's told her, listen, steal the news cycle. It's a great time. You remember Tony Bobolinsky was testifying in the Senate, I think, on the same day. And before you call this a conspiracy theory, remember that there was a report months ago saying that the grand jury had to randomly meet in the middle of the night. I think it was on a Monday night or Tuesday night. Mark, do you remember this? They met in the middle of the night to indict Trump. Why? Because they needed an indictment to take control of the news cycle. I believe that involved Devin Archer on July 30th or 31st, and Trump was indicted. On, I think, August 1st. Don't believe me, though. Um, look it up for yourself. Uh, Newt Gingrich, I think, is the one that said this. Um, he was told that after Weiss was appointed as a special counsel in, I think, late July, orders came from Washington to Fannie Willis to get the indictment out immediately on Monday. And to bring that up, just because it's at the top of my head right now, Fannie Willis was asked if her and Nathan Wade ever went to Washington, D.C. together, and I believe she denied that. So I wonder if that was well, – she was there. I don't know why I can deny that. She So many things happened from her father going on trial or going on the stand to her saying that she paid Nathan Wade back all in cash. The cash actually – at some point in her life, she only had $1,000 cash in her house. At some point, I think she said she had 15000 maybe thirty. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. And this cash initially came from her first – was it her first run to be DA? She kept $8,500 or something because – she needed to be reimbursed, which I, I think is illegal. Don't quote me on that either, but that's a little shady. So she has all this cash and she's paying for these trips with her boyfriend who isn't even supposed to be her boyfriend. They're not even supposed to have a relationship because I don't know, they work together, but she's paying for all these things cash. And then she has the nerve to say, my father, he's the one that told me you always keep six months of cash. Mark, is it that simple? Should I just tell my wife, hey, honey, Keep six months of cash upstairs. And then all of our problems are solved for six months? Is it that simple in this Joe Biden economy? No. So where's the money coming from? They asked her, is it coming from your job as a DA? Is it coming from those paychecks? And she said, no, it's coming from my work, sweat, and tears. I, I don't know what that even means. But the fact that a DA would pay for everything in cash, lavish vacations with the boyfriend she's not supposed to have, Blows my mind how how she can continue on this trial blows my mind. And I, I have to say, I believe the judge has a connection to one of the prosecutors as well. So this whole thing from the jump is very, very, very interesting to say the least. I could play a few sound clips. Let me play the one of her father. Let me see if this is the one here. When your daughter moved or left the house that she owned, 
did, did she say anything to you about having a large uh, savings of cash? Mark, can you hear this? Yeah, you can turn it up a little bit. Oh, no, she, oh, no. See, maybe, excuse me, and I, God, I'm not trying to be racist, okay? But it's a black thing, okay? You know, it was trained. And most black folks, they high cash, or they keep And uh, I was, you know, I pray you always keep some cash because uh, I've been places. And just because of the color of my skin, for example, I took a fellowship at Harvard when my daughter was just. It, it was. The, I got to cut it. It was a yes/no question. He goes this big dissertation, and uh, as someone who not only lies, because I, I have lied in the past, but someone that's really good at spotting a lie, something more is there about that cash. It doesn't take a super genius to figure that out. Well, well, that's not just a black thing, Joe. That's also an Italian thing. You know, yeah. many old school Italians who didn't trust banks and things like that back in the day had lots of cash in the house. I'm talking thousands of dollars. I could I have firsthand uh, testimony to that. But, um, but yeah, my favorite quote of the whole thing was when she talked about, they went to the wi- a wine, a wine a winery in Napa Valley, I think it was. And she didn't drink. She said she didn't drink wine because that's not her thing. That she likes gray goose. That was my that was my favorite. Uh, no favorite one quote. Asked, and no one asked her that. No one asked. It's just a simple question. Did you go to Napa Valley with uh, Wade? And and the the answer was first of all, we went there. We drank wine. Yeah, we drank wine. He loved. It's just like listen. It's it's a simple. It's a simple yes or no question. How a DA doesn't know this, it it makes you wonder. Yeah. She's, What's the next thing looking. for this whole thing? What's that? What's the next step here? I, I don't know. It was the weirdest thing ever because she was supposed to testify two days in a row. And I, I remember I told you I wanted to call off work to listen to this. And, <laughs> and the next morning, 9 a.m., it was like, no, she's not going to testify. Her father is. And it must have been either her lawyers, the prosecution on her side that said, you know what? Enough's enough. She She did enough damage to her case. So... So do they throw this case out is, is, I guess, is what I'm asking. I mean, is this Trump thing going to get thrown out? I mean, do they dismiss it? It, uh, it? Now, here's the thing. In a normal world, yes, this will be dismissed immediately, number one, because the case is very flimsy, to say the least. It revolves around January 6th and Trump saying, I need you to find me, not create, not manufacture, find me 11,700 votes, which is possible because I believe Probably more votes for that were found underneath tables at the Staples Center when there was a main water break that had to shut the whole thing down for 12 hours and then we could count votes in Georgia. That yeah. being said, you see how I get off topic because it's it's just too much information to go back on. But she should, she should this is a clear conflict of interest. Even if she's not guilty of it's a conflict of interest that she didn't report when she said that she would never sleep with anyone on her staff. Like Trump did. She said this in 2020. I'm not making it up. Look it up. She did. She definitely said that. Well, speaking of this, uh, of uh, of the votes, um, let's let's just talk about that real quick. I was looking at electoral map, Joe, the other day. Do you ever think to yourself, why is Georgia the only state in the South, literally, the southern part of the United States now, the Southeast, we'll call it even, that voted Democrat, that voted for Biden. How, how did that happen? How are they the only state in the South that voted for Biden? 
Because it so, was really the only swing state. That was the only swing state where they shut down voting. And it, it all makes sense. They shut down voting in Georgia. Did they shut down voting in, voting in Kentucky? No. Tennessee? No. North Carolina? No. South Carolina? No. Go, go all around. Right. Do they shut down voting in Florida? No. So, you could go all around. It doesn't make any sense. Joe Biden also... Uh, we're really going to get into well, the 2020. I, I, I want to talk about this new electoral law in Georgia that I sent it to you the other day. And this gives us some hope in Georgia, although I think Georgia is completely crooked. This does give us some hope. Listen to what the changes are this year in the election. It says, in order to ensure that more votes are not counted than ballots cast, every precinct by 10 p.m. on election night must post the number of all ballots cast, including all absentee ballots received by the statutory deadline of 7 p.m. The new law mandates that the total number of cast ballots must equal the number of ballots counted. No pauses are allowed once the counting begins, as we're seeing in the early morning hours in Atlanta in 2020. I think that's when the uh, quote-unquote pipe broke. To help achieve a timely vote count, the statute allows absentee ballots to be processed days before the election, but the voters' choices must not be tabulated until the counting begins on election day. So... Uh, something we call pre-canvassing is going to be taking place in Georgia this year. No stopping the vote count at 2 a.m., none of that. So hopefully this will be more along the lines of Florida, and uh, we will know who wins Georgia, uh, hopefully by you know 11 o'clock-ish on election night. So that gives us some hope because Georgia is a state that Trump needs to win, along with probably Pennsylvania, uh, and or Michigan and or Arizona. So he probably needs to take a couple of those along with Wisconsin. Probably needs to take two of the five states he lost and hold serve um, and everywhere else. So I just oh, don't have uh, a lot of faith. You know, I don't want to get on this whole electoral thing again, but it's, you know, a lot of these states are still run by Democrats, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Wisconsin did make some changes to their laws, you know, so um, we just have to, we just have to, you know, overwhelm the votes. If you pay attention to the news cycle, especially in Georgia, how big of a mouth breather do you have to be to not see this by now? Yeah. And how would you vote Biden? I I don't even know. But I I, want to spend, honestly, I wanted to to dedicate an entire episode to this Fannie Willis and and just her on the stand by itself. We could have did a four-hour episode and just played the entire thing. It was that magical. Very rarely do you see something like that happen in a news cycle where someone gets caught lying in... She she actually became a hostile witness, I believe, at one point. She was they were able to ask her leading questions. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I think that's what a hostile witness is. You're able to ask leading questions. She was really given big dissertations on everything. Well, they, so. they took a break. They took they had to take a five minute break because she was getting so upset on the stand. And yeah. then Nathan Wade stormed out of the courtroom in the middle of the testimony. When he took the forty seconds, I think it was forty full seconds to answer, has he ever been to a Tennessee cabin with uh Fanny Willis and he lit played the Jeopardy theme. It was like the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire theme. Was every meme you could possibly think of was made. It, I think it was forty one seconds. I timed it. He was silent thinking. <laughs> and he, she paid him back cash every time. Untraceable cash is king, Joe. And I've never seen someone get on the stand and immediately accuse the other lawyer of being a liar and hold up a bunch of papers and call them a liar, like. That's the reason you're on the stand. Like, if, if that person is a liar, that's testimony or prove it. All right. 
All right, you want to get into this Jory thing? Uh, that that was just so. This was the, the just to remind our audience, and we'll wrap up the Georgia stuff with this. How crazy, how crazy the people that indicted Trump on the grand jury were. If you remember this, this is from oh man, I want to say the summer of 2023, and this was the jury foreman that Willis and Wade selected to indict Trump. Just just listen to her. Personally, we want to hear from the former. We don't need to hear from the former president. But honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just I thought that would be an awesome moment. Yeah, it would be cool. It would be awesome. You know, me as a Wiccan. I believe she's a Wiccan or something, if I remember correctly. He swore in President Trump in, in his indictment. This is the level of corruption we're dealing with. So let's move on to Tish James. Move on to New York. New York, Joe. Um, (laughs) We saw President Trump's uh, guilty verdict get handed down last Friday by uh, leftist judge Arthur Nguron. And the the verdict was guilty, obviously. And the (laughs) fine he has to pay is $355 million, I believe. Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. also fined something like $4 million apiece. And the Trump organization is barred from doing business for in New York City for three years. Joe, I just don't understand this whole this whole trial. Um, I mean, I do, but I don't. There were no victims. The bank never said, "Oh, you know, we were defrauded. We're not going to do business with the Trump organization anymore." The bank never said, "Oh, he didn't pay his loans back with interest." They testified the opposite, actually. They testified the opposite. They want to continue doing business with the Trump organization. The Trump paid the loans back. These were, these were, you know, they did everything by the book. That this isn't something that maybe you're, maybe you might be trying to inflate your assets or maybe inflate something to look like it's more worth more than it is. It wasn't like, you know, the bank, you, you know, unilaterally hands these loans out. These are, there's a third party involved as well. So whatever. Uh, hopefully they can appeal this and win this on appeal and have this reversed. But they can't, I read this the other day, Joe, they can't actually appeal this ruling until the fine has been paid. And if he doesn't come up with $350 million, whatever it is, that Tish James, the attorney general in the state of New York, said that she might be seizing Trump's buildings, believe it or not. So they got to come up with this money somehow if they want to appeal it. Uh, <laughs> we're seeing some backlash in New York City from these truckers that said they're going to start, they're going to start refusing loads that need to be delivered into New York City. Uh, so well, I just saw yesterday the gun company Remington is relocating out of New York State and they're going to, I think, Georgia it is, uh, just because of the toxic business climate. Uh, we saw the governor, Kathy Hochul, tell people they didn't have anything to worry about in New York because uh, apparently – they treat Trump differently than everyone else. Joe, Tish James, her whole campaign pledge was to get Trump. And now we see New York City just spiraling out of control. Mayor Eric Adams giving illegal migrants $10,000, uh, you know, cards or whatever on top of everything else. What in the hell is going on, Joe? Let me just, the, the redheaded libertarian on X put it perfectly. So agents, this is her post. Agents of the state claim Mar-a-Lago was worth 18 million. Let me break it down for you how 
exactly how we'll say dumb this is. Mardhaka was built for seven million over one hundred years ago, which is equivalent to one hundred and twenty-two million today. Since then, it's been updated, maintained, and appreciated. Appreciating factors: the location, supply and demand, condition, updates, etc. Appraisers often use cost comparison to appraise properties. What is that? Well, a five-bedroom, six-bathroom, thirteen-thousand-square-foot oceanfront home in Palm Beach Gardens recently sold for twenty million. 2.5 acres of ocean pr- property in Palm Beach Gardens sold for $18.5 million. Mar-Largo has 58 bedrooms and 33 bathrooms, and it's over 62,000 square feet. It's on 17 acres of land. See how dumb this is? You see how evil the state can be when it wants you to shut up? The future, the furniture alone is worth more than $18 million. I, I don't know real estate. We'll have to get a real estate expert on here, but it sounds pretty legitimate to me. This case is even more flimsy than the case in Georgia, which is made even more flimsier now by uh, Fannie Willis's actions. How now? This is going to be appealed, but I think he has to pay some of the fine before he can appeal it. Maybe all of it. If you're a multi-billionaire, I'm sure you have a lot of liquidity, but to have 400 million in liquidity, most of your things are, are probably tied to buildings and assets and stuff like that. Does he have the money? The cash, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he actually doesn't, and that's why you see him, you know, doing this this sneaker sales and his uh, stock blank check company DWAC set to make two billion off that. If it goes, public. I saw that Joe, and he's gonna he's gonna um, he's gonna have an opportunity to make a lot of money off that. Uh, I think merger with was it Truth, Rumble or Truth Social or both? But I, I thought all three of them were supposed to eventually came together. Come together. I, I could be wrong. But he needs to hurry, Mark, because this is according to John Solomon on, on X. New York uh, Attorney General James will move to seize Trump's asset if he does not pay the $355 million fraud fine. And I think that's going to happen soon, like within a matter of weeks or months, because like I said, he can't appeal it until he pays that. It, yes, correct. That's, that's, yeah, that's what do, I said. Yep. It's a weird way to do like when there was no victim involved. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about that trucker. Did you you mention the um the boycott of the the truckers boycotting deliveries in New York City? We'll see. We'll know by we'll know by Friday if that has any weight. Because if that started on Tuesday, I, I can't picture New York City having enough supplies without truckers to go more than a week, more than a weekend even. <laughs> well, that's on every trucker. I think most truckers, you know, the majority of truckers were refusing loads into New York. So um, I, I don't know, you know, what that what that looks like for the people of New York or, you know, uh, if, if these truckers are going to stick to that in, in for how long, but well, this is where that, the media narrative comes in because God forbid anyone gets hungry in New York city, they're going to accuse Trump. It's going to be Trump's fault that people are starving in New York city. It, no mention of the illegal aliens anymore. They won't mention the illegal aliens taking up all the resources. It'll be the truckers fault and Trump's fault. Watch. Don't believe me. Just watch. Does that not make sense? <laughs> yeah. If you were on the other side, if you were on the other side, wouldn't that be how you fought it? It's a perfect narrative for them. They don't care about the people in New York City. They don't care about that. While the immigrants are there, they'll pay for all these immigrants. But God forbid if anyone tries to peacefully protest by not accepting work in New York City because of what happened to a former president. Shame on you. Yeah. You're- well, back to that Trump uh, DWAC uh, merger with Truth Social. That deal they said is supposed to be up worth up to ten billion dollars, Joe. So if Trump just sells his stake in that and the stock in that that he's going to receive, 
you know, that covers, covers a lot, you know, so um, hopefully he can, he can pay this or, or, you know, have someone, if he doesn't, if he's not liquid, that much liquid, he could have somebody, you know, float something for him, you know, well, he can appeal this because this should be automatically thrown out. I mean, can this get to the Supreme Court, Joe? I don't see, I don't see why not. This is, there, there were no victims. Like anyone, any, ask, ask any lawyer, get all the facts, all the evidence and ask any average lawyer, who was the victim? Shouldn't there have to be a victim? Yeah. And then, then we always said from the beginning, there will be at least four indictments. And the only one that really Trump has an issue with is the one that's going to be in DC. You see, even the one with uh, E. Jean Carroll, half the evidence what? he wanted to admit in court wasn't allowed to be admitted in court, including the dress that was made after, the, the, supposedly the dress that Trump raped her in wasn't made until like five or six years after he raped her, supposedly. Right. It's the whole thing you want to... Well, I thought I thought the, the issue, the case he had the biggest issue with was Georgia, because those are... You, you can't be pardoned for those or something, you know, you can't... I well, that came out after that. That came out. Them. That came out after they. They really took that case, and we, we should have suspected they would throw every possible angle at him. But we said the D.C. one with Jack Smith would be the hardest one because you can't find a fair. We've seen from experience you can't find a fair jury in D.C. So he smoked on that one. Right. That have to go to and, appeal. Yeah, and you're talking about presidential immunity and things like that, and um, he's going to be found guilty there. You know, whenever that happens, but good because um, there will be presidential immunity from other presidents, hopefully. And we'll go back and we can maybe charge Joe Biden for drone striking families and doing other things to the American people. Yeah. And, and you've seen the mainstream media already begin to talk about this whole presidential immunity thing. And, and they're using the case. Well, oh, Trump wants to kill one of his political opponents. He's not immune. You know, he doesn't receive immunity or he receives immunity for that. You know, that's what their whole, that's what the mainstream media is talking about. Now they're not talking about anything else. That's like the example that the mainstream media is using in this whole case, you see. So um, they're framing it like that. They're not framing it like you just did. They're framing it like Trump's going to take on a political opponent. Um, but is anyone going to compare what Trump's going through? I guess he's still alive yet, but there were death threats against him. And there really were. This is a, numerous, numerous famous talk show hosts have said it. We've even heard people say, get Trump. Does Trump compare to what is his name, Alexei Navalny? Does he? How does he compare to them? Aside from the fact that he's not technically in prison yet, although they're dying to throw him in, they even had a mugshot, and he's still alive. Yeah, it's not different. So one is one is condemned. One's an American. He's condemned. One's a Russian and is celebrated. But then that, um, the 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 American in Ukraine who had dual citizenship, Lira. What was his first name? I can't remember. Gonzalo Lira. He's all there. No one cared about him. Julian Assange. Is Julian Assange an American? I can't even remember. But look how he was just treated for what? Being a journalist? He's been in basically house arrest in the Ecuadorian embassy for five years and then got arrested in the United Kingdom. Not yeah, He's in prison. Ago. I think yeah. Australia just called for his uh, release. He, he is an Australian citizen. That is why Australia just called for his release. And um, they want him back in Australia, not to not for extradition, but they want him back. They think he should be freed. So uh, right now he's in prison. I think he's in nice, uh, solitary confinement. But, Imagine the mental stress that puts on you, never seeing anyone at all. What, uh, just you know, Tucker Carlson visited him in prison. He interviewed his wife 
I would love to know if he was able to interview Assange while he was in prison and he's waiting to like release this interview or something like that. So um, that'll be interesting. But before we get to uh, Biden legal troubles, or I'm sorry, it's Air Force One. I, uh, going back to this election, talking about RFK, Joe, I was, I was listening to Breaking Points and they were talking about the DNC is filing lawsuits against the RFK campaign in order to keep him off the ballot in certain states. Joe, why is the DNC going after RFK? Now, let's think about this logically. Why would the DNC be going after RFK? Joe? <laughs> I think that's a rhetorical question. Well, well no, I could give you, maybe maybe, the, maybe this is big brain activity and they're, they're thinking ahead. If Biden gets removed before it's clear that he is the nominee because they're doing these fake primaries where Biden will get 90-some percent of the vote running unopposed, basically, Maybe that's the solidify. We could pick whoever we want at the convention because all the primaries are already done. Uh, screw RFK. We don't want RFK. No one voted in the DNC primary for RFK. Do you see? The, right. The, 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 these people are very dumb, but they're smarter than, than we give them credit for. Yeah. They, I, these, I think you're right on that part. And I also think that it, it has something to do with RFK is going to be taking votes away from Biden. RFK hurts Biden more than he hurts Trump. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I just keep thinking, going back to the, what we've been saying. The, the, the base for Trump is so strong. They're not wavering. It's the independents can, and Democrats. Can RFK take more Democrats and independents away from Biden that will hurt him more than taking the independents away from Trump? The answer is, I believe, yes. 86% of people in this country believe Joe Biden's too old to run for president again. If they're looking for another option, who are you going to vote for? RFK. The fact that he is dealing with ballot access issues in, in states is a testimony to how crooked and rigged the entire system is. He has a lot of volunteers working for him. He doesn't have Secret Service protection. The fact that Nikki Haley has Secret Service protection, Joe, over RFK is insane if you think about it. It's insane. Why would they not want to give RFK Secret Service protection, Joe? It's about power. You know, it's, it's about legitimacy. If RFK has Secret Service, he is seen as a legit candidate. Dan Bongino brought this point up the other day, and he's exactly right. It gives him an air of legitimacy. RFK is polling not, not too bad nationally. I don't think he'll win any states, but the fact that he's having ballot access issues in some of these states where he can't even be on the ballot in all 50 states is, is actually sad. Um, you know, we talk about democracy, you know, here in the United States. So, you nailed it there. Yeah. You even used their own talking points. It's about democracy. No yeah. one's above the law. All the, the I, obviously, I, I want... Trump in, in the worst possible way. But I wouldn't even be mad if RFK won. I mean, it, it's, it's, we, we just can't keep going on the same path. So let's move on to Stair Force One, speaking of, of the president. Joe, he's 81 years old. You know, these, these, these videos keep coming out on X. Um, I don't know how they keep leaking out. Like, who's filming him? walking up the short steps on Air Force One. And I'll refer back to what Dan Bongino said the other day. Secret Service members are supposed to stay out of the shot. 
All right. When a president walks up the steps of Air Force One, it's about power. It's about, you know, that that loneliness, if you will, of being the president of the United States. No one else is supposed to be in the shot with the president walking up Air Force One. Who do we see at the base of the steps walking up Air Force One the other day? His Secret Service handler. Why do you think that is, Joe? It's because he can't even lift up his feet to make it up the steps in some of these, you know, uh, visits we see. Go ahead, Joe. What do you got? If you you got to watch the video of him almost tripping up the steps. I think it was yesterday. It probably was after Dan Bongino was on. I didn't listen to him, but I watched the video. And the first thing I saw was the Secret Service creeping up behind. This is how I like when my child like crawls up the steps. This is how I walk behind him. Like, like just in case he falls, maybe he's not going to fall, you know, but he could fall when he could roll down. The thing I thought was weird is you actually, like Dan Bongino said, you see the Secret Service agent. And I'm thinking, like, why is the Secret Service agent there? Unless he thinks that one of these one of these military men are going to shoot him in the head or something and kill him. There's really no protection. The only thing is he's walking up the steps. And then it dawned on me, oh, it's so he doesn't fall and get hurt and roll all the way down. Again, this is. I don't know if your daughter walks up steps or not or crawls up steps. My son loves to try to crawl up steps and we have to watch him. This is how I follow him up the steps. It's, it's sad. Right. That's what it looked like. He was, he was ready to catch him. He is. You got, I think it was on breaking nine on one. I, I, I have the, the link in, in our, in our show notes here, Mark, but it's, it's sad. And honestly, a, a sad old man, he has to go on the back of the plane because it's less steps and you actually need uh, an adult there to catch him in case this 80-some-year-old man falls. And he tripped twice going up the steps. Take that for what it is. This guy is supposed to be vigorous, doesn't need a cognitive exam. One of the main things in early dementia onset is the shuffling. And I think we've been talking about the shuffling since episode one, so going on two years. <laughs> Still there, but no cognitive test needed, apparently. He's fine. He's fine, Mark. Your eyes are lying to you. I was listening to something the other day, and it was talking about how if you watch Biden in his initial like campaign speech in 2019, whatever it was, compared to him now, they said the difference is completely night and day. Like he has deteriorated to the point. Like, can you imagine, Joe, his handlers telling him, I wonder if they even gave him the choice, Joe, to turn down an interview to speak to 120 million people before the Super Bowl. The most watched television event since the Apollo moon landing. Literally. They didn't have him do it. I mean. Neither happened. Neither happened. I knew you were going to say that. I know. I I I was going to hold back and just let it go, but I couldn't. I'm sorry. And then he releases a video yesterday talking about Vladimir Putin and and Trump and all this stuff. It had, and you said, you asked me, or you said to me, I wonder how, I would love to see the behind the scenes of this video. It was cut 29 times. 29 cuts in this video. Are you kidding me? Like three minutes long. I didn't even, I didn't even count. I didn't even count the cuts because it was, it was every, every, he would make a statement and it'd be facing a different way, making a statement. (laughs) Joseph Goebbels would be so proud right now of of this, what's going on, how they're propping people. He thought he had trouble propping up Hitler. He was whatever addicted to drugs and had to couldn't move his left arm or whatever. This is worse. This is so much worse. And they're they're somehow they're somehow passing it off as, as fine. And it's working. It's worked for three years. I know. 
All right, um, let's move down south. Can't go an episode without talking about the southern border, Joe. Um, We are seeing now it's literally tens of thousands of Chinese, illegal Chinese migrants coming across our southern border. We're we're, we're up into like 20 or 30,000 illegal Chinese migrants that are pouring across the southern border officially. I believe the total number is 7.2 million illegals have entered the United States under the Biden administration, an amount greater than the population of 36 states. Joe, 7.2 million people have entered this country illegally under the Biden administration. I I, I don't even have any words. That's a percentage. That's a good percentage. That is a good percentage of people. Where are they? I, I don't know. Were there more than seven? Is it seven point two people that we know about? There has to be more than that, right? Probably. Mark, last episode, we 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 were like our jaws, picking our jaws off the floor, wondering how did the Democrats and the media somehow convince the American people that it's the Republicans' fault the borders like this? And then I was looking back at like old articles. Maybe, maybe I am wrong. Maybe it is Republicans' fault. Maybe they are playing politics. Listen to this article from August nineteenth, twenty twenty three. It's not even that long ago. Biden quietly sells off border wall parts to thwart GOP push to use them. Well, how was the border secure then? It wasn't. It wasn't. So Mayorkas is lying. Joe Biden is lying to you when he said it's not secure. They need more money. Because what are they going to use the more money to do? Where's the? Is it just going to be laundered away like everything else? Probably. What did he use the money from the border wall? Where did that money go towards? I don't know. The rhetorical question, I guess, we'll never figure it out. We need a giant audit of our government. And they sold 81 lots of structural steel. It says intended for use as vertical bollards in the border barrier, 30-foot tall panels, hauling in about $2 million. <sighs> so, it's just this, it's just the principle, you know, of, of the whole thing. Um, apparently, down in Eagle Pass, Texas, since they put up the razor wire, that has completely cut the illegal migrants coming through that sector of the border dramatically. And now a lot of these uh, Chinese migrants are coming through an area near San Diego into California, where if you don't know, Governor Gavin Newsom and his administration have approved free health benefits for illegal migrants that enter into California. Joe, that, that is so screwed up on so many levels. It's actually like kind of hard to even fathom that they who voted for that? there. Who, who voted for that? Who asked for that? Who asked that says, hey, these legals that are coming over, can we give them some of our money? So more come over and there's an incentive. Who asked for any of this? Yeah. Wow. Don't count out Gavin Newsom, Joe. When we talked about it before in here. You know, he is such a just a political animal that I just feel like he's I I just don't know if, the, if he would usurp Kamala, though. I, I, I'm telling you, the plan is to have Kamala ride out the presidency for a few months. It'll either be Newsom, Michelle Obama, who when we first started this podcast, I believe was 20,000 to one odds win the presidency. I think she's 18 or 17 or 16 to one now. Hedge your bet. You can make, make money either way if you bet it at 20,000 to one. It'll be one of those three. Hillary Clinton, there's no one else to run. Can't be RFK. No one else has any experience. I, I, I hate the person, but 
who would have been a good candidate is Josh Shapiro, believe it or not, out of Pennsylvania. That's that's who they'll probably run in twenty twenty eight. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, we're, we're not. If they don't run Newsom. I mean, I could see Josh Shapiro definitely being that guy. Uh, he's, you know, I think he has pretty favorable um, polling numbers here in Pennsylvania. But uh, you know, he is he is another consummate politician as well. So, yeah. most expensive politician in Pennsylvania history, I believe, as far as money taken in and spent on campaigns. Back, back <laughs> wow. on that, I'm, I know I'm not wrong on that. Yeah. All right, let's go on to our next topic here. What do you got about the Biden crime family, Joe? So this is more legal trouble for Biden after, if you remember, I think we we didn't cover this because it happened during our, our little break here in the week, but a whistleblower was arrested that claimed, I can't remember what he claimed Biden did or, or whatever, but regardless, we're now arresting whistleblowers. If Trump had done that, it would been a big deal, but apparently that's a lot. But this is from Politico now, Politico. So when Politico is jumping off the Biden train and reporting this stuff, you know it's bad. Bombshell report from Politico. The investigation, based on public records, court filings, dozens of interviews, and hundreds of exclusively obtained internal documents, reveals that Jim Biden's role at AmeriCorps was larger than previously reported. In some internal documents and and investor materials, his name is included among its top handful of leaders. He also helped the company seal regulatory approval to acquire the Pennsylvania hospital and personally fired AmeriCorps' chief financial officer, according to emails obtained by Politico. The investigation also reveals that Joe Biden's name and inner circle were more involved with the company than has been understood. In addition to the accounts provided by former former executives, investor materials described by Jim Biden as an advisor, described Jim Biden as an advisor to his older brother. And on top of Joe Biden's own previously reported encounter with the firm CEO, at least three of Joe Biden's relatives did work for AmeriCorps. They include Jim Biden's wife, Sarah, his son, Jamie, and the president's son, you guessed it, Hunter Biden. Um, Hunter Biden also met with the CEO and his personal doctor. Uh, The current White House physician, Kevin O'Connor, joined a meeting with Jim Biden and the president of a hospital being acquired by AmeriCorps according to the former political executive and emails obtained by Politico. So there you have Kevin O'Connor, which I totally must have glanced over that part. Maybe that's why he doesn't give Joe Biden a uh, cognitive exam, because he knows that he's cognitively impaired and that'll end his term. They're all in on it. They're all in on it. Well, well, I told you, I told you the other day, you know, I just finished breaking Biden and if you read breaking Biden, this would come as no surprise. I actually think, that they discussed some of this in Breaking Biden. I know there was an entire chapter devoted to James Biden in in the book. I mean, it just deals with the entire Biden crime family. I mean, that's they're in the business of politics, I guess you could say, you know, and they all have ridden the coattails of one Joseph Robinette Biden since he has been in Washington, D.C. for the last 50 years. So this is what they're in. This is their this is their business. So this comes as no shocker. Amazing. No. But, but again, we've this is stuff we've known for years. So yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Barack Hussein Obama, Joe. What do you have on Spygate and not the Patriot Spygate? I, I don't even know where how to tackle this, but 
this is the same story where a secret binder is missing. And according to Jesse Walters, even Waters even did a, a thing on this on Fox News. I think it was on Valentine's Day that shows the CIA under Obama set up the entire Russian collusion hoax. Um, here, it's it's a three minute clip. I'm just going to play it. Just... Serious story and serious allegation by multiple credible sources. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my no, campaign. There's no year. real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. You know, this is 60 Minutes. And we can't put on things we can't they verify. Won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on go. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied on my campaign. Well, we can't verify it's that. totally verified. No. According to new reporting by Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, the whole thing was a CIA setup. But you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. The director, John Brennan, identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified. And now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. Okay, now Mark, call me a conspiracy theorist. I have to go back and listen to, I think it was one of our first dozen episodes where Trump actually got his Mar-a-Lago thing house raided. Do you think maybe, just maybe, they could have been looking for that binder? If, if that is the case, and it kind of makes sense if you think logically about it, if he does have it, and they didn't, they weren't able to obtain it on this raid. If Trump wins, the C declassifier or maybe I'm maybe assuming it is already declassified, is he released the contents of the binder? Let's put it that way. But what would that be like? Well, if he would have released the, 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 even if it is declassified, he's fighting the news. The news still had credibility in 2018, 2017, 2019. He could release that then. The news still had credibility. It wasn't, if you remember, because when he said, when he calls him fake news, that is one thing, I will admit about Trump, he was right. They really are fake news, everything about him. After COVID, something strange happened. Everyone started to lose, the news lost their credibility and a lot of people started to lose their trust in mainstream media and look to Twitter and other people to get their news from. I don't get my news from Fox News or the mainstream media anymore. Now, what happens if during this election cycle, he released the contents of that binder? Do you think it would be more believable than it would have been in 2020? or 2017, or 18, or 19. So sometimes it's all about timing. And I think the timing is perfect here in 2024. Does that make sense? Maybe it's our version of an October surprise. Who knows? Don't wait till October, please. Release it soon. But here's another one. This is from Western Lensman on X. Um, Spygate flashback. In 2020, Barack Obama characterized the Trump spying allegation as absurd. I'm not going to play the clip. It's like seven minutes. But in this clip, Obama directly refutes the, flying, the spying claims as absurd that even Republican-controlled committees who are looking into them, into looking into it, have dismissed them. He then goes on to moralize about the foundations of democracy being so sacred that, quote, do not allow the politicization of the criminal justice system, an intelligence system, or the military. 
If you've been paying attention, I'm asking our audience, if you've been paying attention for the past few months with the Trump trial and everything that's happened to him, do you believe Barack Obama in 2020? I know that I don't. Definitely not. Yeah, this is based on new reporting of the allegations. Um, Don't underestimate well X, all. Joe. Don't underestimate the, the power of X. And we talk about the media I'm sorry, getting this out there. I have to agree with them. Something's weird. Do you remember when Trump said that uh, they that Obama had Trump? He tweeted out Obama had Trump Tower wiretapped. Does that yeah. seem more believable now? Because now that I think about it, after that happened, I believe he wasn't president yet. He was still president-elect. I believe that's when he picked up everything out of Trump Tower and moved down to Mar-a-Lago. So maybe they were. Maybe there's some truth to this. Interesting. Then again. All right. Let's move on here, Joe. Our last topic, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs parade shooting. You there? You there? You there? Can you hear me, Joe? Can you hear me? All right. Joe, can you hear me? 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 Okay, we had a rare technical difficulty here on Zoom. So we're going to wrap up with our last topic. And that was the Kansas City Chiefs parade shooting. Joe, we got some new information. What was it? The last 24, 48 hours that the gun used to kill a woman and injure 18 or 20-ish people. Multiple children involved. This gun was stolen. Joe. So the mainstream media is still talking about this. No, it, it vanished from the news cycle whenever questions arose about the age of the shooter, I believe, or the identities of the shooter. First, they tried to say that the shooters were under the age of 18, so they couldn't be identified. Then everyone on X said, what about Kyle Rittenhouse? What about so-and-so? He was identified, and he was under 18, and, and he technically didn't even murder anyone. He, you know, what about... And this is another one. I can't remember the kid's name, but they released his name. Remember the kid at the Kansas City Chiefs game that they said wore blackface? But in black fact, face, yeah. it, was, it was just the angle which the camera was picking him up showed half his face was black and half was red because, you know, that's that's the chief, the Kansas City Chiefs colors. And he got ostracized from that. He got his name released and he was a child. And you know what? I believe his father was a Native American. Not that it should matter at all. You, your father needs to be a, you need to be half Native American to wear a Native American headdress or paint your face half red, but his name was released. Then we find out, I think it was yesterday, that one of the people was 18, one was 22, and according to the court documents, a computer check revealed the firearm to be stolen out of Kansas City, Missouri. Mark, I'll play you a clip from ESPN. 
And this is why I can't stand them because they'll take one part of the story and they'll use this for an agenda and they'll say children were killed, etc. And now watch this will disappear because we know. Yeah. Well, we take this story and extrapolate it now out to it. This is Adam Schefter um, talking. Super Bowl parade. We could be talking about this particular event at a school. We could be talking about it at a mall. We could be talking about it at a nightclub. We could be talking about it at any facet of America. This is our country today, unfortunately, where you have a celebration happening in Kansas City to celebrate the world champions. And a shooting breaks out to where now ABC News has confirmed that at least one person has lost their life. And so the Chiefs, I got a message, are okay, at least according to the person that texted me. Doesn't seem like anybody from their particular party was injured or hurt today. But there are at least eight to ten other people who were injured. There's at least one person today who lost their life. And we are left here now to try to make sense of this particular situation. These images are happening everywhere, all the time, every day, every week in this country. It's disgusting. It's sickening. It's enough. How many times do we have to see this everywhere? So today, it's the Chiefs' turn. It's I got to stop him there. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm sorry. He has a narrative. He's probably a paid shill. He's probably forced to say this and say it exactly like that because, listen, Adam Sheffer, if anyone were to actually approach you with where these shootings that you say are happening are happening, that would be the end of the discussion because they're happening in some areas a lot more than they're happening at malls and at schools. That's the actual problem. We need to enforce the laws we already have. Wouldn't that be a great start? We could also make sure people that commit these crimes that involve guns don't get out on bail or get short sentences. How else, Adam Sheffer, do you explain these long rap sheets that people have? And that's just a start. When a mass shooting happens, what's the line all the talking heads in the media repeat? More gun control, ban guns. Doesn't make sense. Where do you think most mass shootings happen? Because I guess their statistics aren't necessarily wrong with how many happen. They just happen in cities. And it's done using drive-bys. And it's always, almost always gang-related. But you never hear it described like that. That's the problem. Again, let's talk about a mass shooting. We can talk about one every day in Chicago. We can talk about one every day in Chicago and other cities in New York. But they want to throw up the schools and, and the children. And there were children that were shot here. But watch how fast this disappears from the news cycle now. Because the person had the gun already illegally. What are you going to do? What do you want to pass, Mark? What do they want to pass? Maybe we should do a background check twice. Yeah, that ought to do it. Check the background twice. Make them wait seven days for a gun. Would that have stopped any of this? No, no. Just the gun control thing really gets me, Mark, and I know you know that, but I'll, I'll let you give your two cents. Well, you know, Ann Coulter was on Bill Maher, and Ann Coulter, along with Van Jones, and Ann Coulter told Bill Maher, if the shooters were white in this in this uh, tragedy that happened, we would have known about them already. We would have known their identities. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, absolutely would have. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, I can give you numerous examples. I just can't think them off the top of my head of of how. Remember the Sandy Hook, sh or not the Sandy, yeah, the Sandy Hook shooting? Adam Lanza, we knew him right away. Name's still in my mind. The, the one in Florida, 
we knew that person's identity almost right away. So they were trying to cover it up and wait for the news cycle to dissipate because it didn't fit their narrative. It was a kid that was over the age of, of 18, 22, that got the gun illegally, shouldn't have had the gun anyway. What laws are you going to pass that are going to stop this? These people right. were just. Um, let's wrap up stop. here, Joe. I got one stop. more thing here from Disclose. Go, you're good. No, I got one more thing from Disclose here. Uh, we haven't talked about Disclose in a while, but I saw this pop up and I just wanted to, to mention it. Um, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken claims that gender is a social construct and instructed staffers to avoid problematic terms such as mother, father, and manpower. Joe, if anything sums up the last four years of the Biden administration, it is that. That's all I got. We're, we're worried about pronouns and, and, and not to bring up another shooting, but I, I got to say this, the mass shooting that happened at the mega church, they, they said the guy was, the person was just crazy. Well, was he crazy because he was a transgender person? Are you calling transgender people crazy? Or was he crazy because the person was wearing a free Palestine shirt? Regardless, before the police got to the microphone, they had to look up the person's pronouns. What country are we living in? Because I don't recognize this at all. They had to, the police had to look up the person's pronouns before they did the press conference because they didn't want to offend it. It is, and I love living in the United States. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm sure we all do. Most of us do. But it is exhausting at times. It is never ending. The things we are constantly bombarded with. And I don't know. Sometimes I wish I lived in the middle of nowhere in Montana or Wyoming, Joe, and no one bothered me. But that's neither here nor there. You're turning into me now. And it's like you think about, well, where else would you want to live, you know, on planet Earth besides if it wasn't the United States? And I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, not that I would be moving anywhere, but I'm just thinking, like, where else would I like potentially live if I could? Well, Europe would be definitely be out, you know, as much as I love Italy in, in places in Europe. Europe's under a complete and total invasion by migrants, maybe worse than the United States, if that is conceivable at all. South America would be good, but, you know, you have some problems down there as well. Uh, I don't know. The Middle East? Eh, Saudi Arabia? Probably not. Uh, so where would you go? Where would you go, Joe, if you could live anywhere? It's something to think about. Not Malaysia or anywhere like that. Or I guess if you had to pick the Middle East, I, I guess Mecca is a nice city, but there's a lot of rules there that we wouldn't want to buy by. <laughs> Singapore? Have to, because they I don't have... know. Yeah. Singapore is another one too. I mean, we, we had a listener from Singapore. Maybe we could ask him to email us and tell yeah. us how it is. All right, Joe. Good episode today. Now we apologize for the brief tech mishap we had here with Zoom. And uh want to thank everyone for listening. Final battle, Joe. Only what? Nine months away. Less than nine months away from the final battle. Uh spread this out, share this out with this with your friends. Uh, shoot us an email, thinking logically podcast at gmail.com. Joe, anything else for our listeners? Nope. Uh, we will probably not be here again this week, but next Tuesday, hopefully, Wednesday, Thursday, sometime next week. There is a primary in South Carolina that we're going to give you coverage for when we get back. It should be exciting. All right. Bye, everyone. Keep it real. Thank you. God bless.